Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, everyone. Welcome back in to another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast on a victory Monday today. It is Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit, joined as always by Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. And the Patriots have got in the win column on the for the first time this season with a 15-10 victory over the New York Jets on Sunday, and it was the rock fight that we expected in a rainy and windy MetLife Stadium. Uh, it wasn't always pretty at times, but they got the win, one and two, and, and kind of saved their season here early on. Yeah, escape from New York. Uh, it wasn't always pretty. I, it's funny. I think you could argue in some ways just pure performance. It was their worst game of the year. Uh, I think there were certainly moments where they played better against the Eagles and against the Dolphins, but they had to win it. They want it. That's kind of divisional football too, right? Like you see it all the time with these teams, even if you think they're unmatched. And I, I think the Patriots and Jets are relatively close, but you see these teams that just know each other super well. And it comes down to the wire, even if you don't think it will. So that was a classic divisional AFC East football game. Uh, but yeah, like you said, most importantly, they got the win. They can move on from here. Uh, if they would lost that one, it would have gotten really ugly. And, and when they needed to win it, they went out and won it. Yeah. It was one of those where like, I think we said Thursday, even if they were firing on all cylinders the first two weeks of the season, it was like one where you would expect it to be, especially yeah. with the weather, like just one of those slow games, like they've played the Jets a lot in the past. But uh, I thought one of the positives from, from the day was they finally got the run game going a little bit, right? 157 yards. They were 3.9 yards uh, average, which is right outside that four-yard average mark that David Andrews said after the game is kind of the sign of, of a good rushing attack. So good to see that run game kind of clicking. I thought Zeke looked pretty good. Um, and, and credit to Bill O'Brien there. They kind of ditched some of that zone stuff. A lot more under center looks, which helped lead to that big play action pass we can get to. But more of that downhill gap scheme, letting Ramondre, letting Zeke run downhill and continuity on, on the offensive line, getting some guys back help there too but that that run game kind of taking a step in the positive direction especially against that jets defensive front uh what was a good sign there from sunday i thought yeah I, I thought that's more what it should look like more that traditional power run game loved the wrinkle of seeing pharaoh brown at, at fullback yeah. i thought that was a, a, a nice thing to kind of shake things up i thought zeke looked excellent i thought you saw flashes of like dallas zeke just in terms of he's not getting moved backwards, right? He reaches the tackler and then he's always falling forward. That hidden yardage you hear about, even if it's one or two yards per carry, you carry the ball 20 times a game, that adds up. So 
I thought Zeke was excellent. I thought he was their better back in this game. But, yeah, they were getting a push up front. They were moving the ball late in the game. It, they struggled a little bit trying to run out the clock there. Now, that may have been – I don't think that was entirely on the run game. But overall, I would say very encouraging sign because they need to be able to run the ball like that to be successful on offense. And like you alluded to, it's not just that running the ball uh, makes you less one-dimensional, right? And it helps you pick up some of those short yardage situations. You also saw how it can impact play action. I think being under center to run or pass was a big part of that. So I this is kind of how the early season goes. This is part of the reason why Bill Belichick says September is a continuation of the preseason, whether you want to believe it or not, especially now when these guys don't play in the preseason. No team comes out with a plan in September, offense, defense, whatever. No team comes out with their plan in September and that's their plan all season. Some things are going to work, some things aren't, and you kind of adjust on the fly as you go. And I thought that's what this game was. I thought it was an encouraging sign for they tried certain things early on, first two weeks that didn't work. All right, let's move on from them. Let's adjust. Let's see how else we can make it work with this personnel group. And I think some of the stuff they did, again, in terms of under center, love the fullback looks. I think some of that stuff, now you look for them to expand on it here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, the the Pharaoh Brown look w- was really awesome because he's been he obviously has like the size to be a good run blocking tight end. We saw some glimpses glimpses of that the first two weeks, and I think we even said like let's get him in that some twelve personnel looks more just as a run blocking tight end, and they did that too. You know he was out there in those twelves with either Gesicki or Henry, but that that thirteen package whether it was just three inline tight ends or, or Farrow and that fullback, that, w- that was a really nice wrinkle. And you saw they hit, it was six straight runs out of that look and, and they got some positive gains. And then you hit them with the play action, which was a really good design. You, you send Gesicki across the formation like they've done a few times. That occupies the post safety and then no one goes with uh, uh, Farrow Brown up the seam and he's chugging along there for, for the score. I think that was uh, ESPN or, or next gen had like, that was the fastest he's ever ran in one of his receptions yeah. before. So just, just a really good wrinkle and just keep building on that. Right. As you just said, and you'd expect Bill O'Brien now that he sees some of this stuff working, kind of, kind of keep leaning on that going forward. Yeah. Especially because yeah, Dallas next week, but Arizona like ran the ball down their throats last week. They had a really good uh gotta be able to run the ball again. Rushing yep. attack. So you think uh Zeke might be in for a big uh revenge game. Ren- I'd love to see it. That'd be a ton of fun if he goes back in there and he beats up on him. I think that'd be great. Do they still have the uh Salvation Army kettle there or been? they only usually do that around Christmas. So I uh, can't okay. imagine it'll be out this early, but I like where your head's at. That, that would have been that would have been an awesome shot yeah. in the Pats jersey in that that red salvation army bin. But um uh what else O'Brien, some good things in the uh run game, but what'd you think of his kind of game plan elsewhere? I know there were those some questionable third down calls to juju i think the second one was was a good design but the jets kind of switched they kind of banjoed the coverage there and and it was a good play to them and and the other thing i had like those third down screen passes especially those double screen passes like the defenses are just sniffing those out like i don't think those are are working i get you just want to pick up a few yards but i just don't think those screens are really you know doing what they're supposed to be doing right now one almost led to an interception at, at one point so what do you think of kind of those and from o'brien overall besides the run game 
Yeah, it, it was hit and miss. I thought some of the designs were nice. I thought the play they got Pop Douglas open on down the field was a good design. It, by the way, Pop Douglas played not as much as I would have liked him to, but he played, yeah. so that's good. I didn't love the end of half executions, both of them. I thought you have the – they had like a, a third and two looking at a 59-yard field goal with a timeout. You can attack the middle of the field. And O'Brien goes to the QB sneak to say, I guess 57 yards is technically more makeable than 59. And Brian, he, we both like Chad Ryland, but those conditions, that's a big ask. Yeah. And he ends up missing the kick. At that point, I almost, I, I, I feel like just throw it. You don't, I'm not saying down the field, like down to the, the, the red zone, but can you throw the ball five, 10 yards over the middle of the field, get down and turn 57 into 47. And, and I'll take the risk that comes with that as opposed to just getting the two yards and, and, and turning 59 into 57. Right. I, I, so I didn't love that. And then, yeah, just those looked like one read throws the the two at the end of the, the, the game, the game there to Juju, the two third downs, I'd give Mac more and maybe Mac got that quick, but I didn't think he was rushed. You know, yeah. he wasn't under pressure a ton in this game. He was, but not, not as much as you'd maybe think against the jets front. I, those felt like one we throw read throws. I don't like force. I, I get it. Juju's a high paid wide receiver and all that. I don't love forcing the ball to him in those situations. And he hasn't been good in those situations. Yeah, he, he didn't get open this week. Remember, he he ran short of the sticks in week one. I I would have done something else. I, I would have gone a little deeper in the bag than that. Yeah. I just don't like those kind of 50-50 balls on like a third and, and gotta have it, right? It's yeah. Like, I think none of them were that like third and six was one of them and trying to find it. I think there might've been both third and sixes. So just dial up like a short little chain mover, get to Mario Douglas, get Kendrick Bourne in there. I'd rather do that than one of those 50, 50. Or balls. that to me is where you run the screen because yeah. worst case scenario, the clock keeps running. And that was the whole thing. They allowed the jets to keep that one time out. Uh, if the clock's still running on either, uh, I guess they weren't calling timeouts on the first sequence, but if the clock's still running, on that second one, even if you don't get the first, the Jets don't have the timeout. They don't even get to attempt that Hail Mary. They probably end up doing some sort of lateral play or whatever. So, yeah, I, I didn't love the management from O'Brien at either of the halves. Yeah, besides that, I, I thought he was fine. Again, there were some interesting designs in there. I wouldn't say it was this revolutionary game plan, but yeah. Yeah, I, I thought the big things were in the run game, but especially in those conditions, you, you'll – just kind of see how they move forward there. But uh, you, you mentioned Juju. I think that's one of the big storylines here. Another real quiet day, one catch, three targets, five yards. He also had that kind of completely unnecessary blindside block. Stupid penalty. Um, that, you know, backed up near their own goal line. The penalty backs them up. And then they had two Heather fall starts there. Just keep getting in their own ways. But I mean, he, he's been really quiet, and he was out there 74% of the snaps. He mentioned Douglas briefly there. He was he only played 17 snaps, which was 24%, but it was a lot of, like, third downs. He was out there for that final two-minute drill of, of the second half, but uh, you're just not seeing what you expected when you, you signed Juju to be this kind of, you know, the, the yak guy, right? More explosive than Jacoby Myers. He'll, he's going to make plays when he gets the his hands on the football after the catch, but you, you're not seeing that. He doesn't look as explosive, and it just hasn't been, you know, the return on investment you've been hoping for through three games. And I don't know if you're kind of running out of time here to say, to have that kind of hard conversation that we 
just kind of have to move you to the side and maybe I, I know we were both saying like keep playing pop douglas maybe Keishon booty even who was a healthy scratch maybe he even gets more looks here at some point but whether it's just the knee with juju or, or the chemistry with mac is off just something that isn't clicking and it hasn't been a hasn't been a good start for that contract yeah you know you're getting to the point where whenever any big name patriots free agent signing isn't panning out people like to point to steph gilmore in 2017 right where he was horrible his first four games goes on ir comes back and was just a completely different player and it was just he was able to go in kind of study catch up on where he needed to be and you can bring that up and that's fair but let's think of the last few times we've brought that up we brought that up with i mean the big one is johnny smith i remember saying that with john with johnny smith a ton um i remember you know people brought that up uh with and i'm i'm, I'm blanking on other ones but like uh, i think Jalen mills is another one yeah it's generally you'd see some sort of impact from a guy like this by now and you haven't and i think you are I am starting to get a little worried that he's going to be a miss because if they miss on him, they're in a tough spot. I mean, not that they haven't been, but you're talking about a lot of moves. You're going to need to get creative with the wide receiver position because you can't at least one more year, you can't get out of that contract. So you're going to have him. Taekwon has no more guaranteed money, but he's still under contract. You have Parker on the extension. He hasn't been outstanding either. And then you have, Douglas, who they might not trust for better or worse. They should trust him, but they don't. And Keishon Booty, who they're healthy scratching, and they may not trust him either. So you sign Juju to kind of carry this group through a transition, and that's what we thought Jacoby would be if he stuck around. And it just it, it's looking like that might not happen. Yeah, and didn't help that Jacoby had an awesome game Sunday night either yesterday. No, another one, another good game. Yeah. That that uh, toe tap along the sidelines just was pure Jacoby. Yeah, sweet. So uh, I forget who who tweeted it out, but someone said like, "How do you move on from Jacoby Myers and get less explosive on, on offense?" It was right. Like, um, it was interesting there. So uh, yeah, not not a great start from Juju. Uh, you mentioned Parker. Uh, he was quiet. Two catches, nineteen yards. I know we kind of like that matchup against the shorter DJ Reed. He kind of bullied him for one slant, but it was like three yards, and then he had that nice third down conversion. But I don't know if that was just kind of the weather wasn't you know helping him. Wasn't maybe a day for 50-50 jump balls down the field, but another quiet day from him. Uh, born four catches, 46 yards. He had a nice third down conversion on, on beating Sauce late in the game. But any other kind of thoughts from the receivers there? I know it was just like Pharaoh Brown's your leading receiver with 71 yards, but just one of those games. Yeah, I, I thought Kendrick Bourne had a good game. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it on the receivers. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on Mac? Because I know we're just going to keep saying one of those games, but, you know, turnover free. I thought he had some nice throws with velocity, like that one to um, Parker on the sideline on the third down. He had that one over the middle uh, to Kendrick Bourne. And he's really, like, he's been money on, on the intermediate throws. He was five for six, 125 yards in the touchdown in that area. But I think the big problem, as it's been throughout the year, is they can't hit those long 20 plus deep passes he was 0 for 5 on those yesterday i think on the year it's he's led leads the league with 16 attempts of 20 plus yards but he's only completed two or three of them so they just can't 
hit those kind of explosives that we've been looking for through the air. But what were your kind of total thoughts on Mac in, in the rain yesterday in MetLife? I thought he was fine. Honestly, it's probably the worst game he's played this year, which isn't – if this is the worst game he plays all year, they're in great shape. Um, yeah. I, if he hits that throw to Demario Douglas, which they, there's pass interference there. I mean, blatantly pass interference, and the refs were not good in this no. game. They were brutal. Uh, but, you know, the reason that, that Douglas ends up colliding with, with Michael Carter is it's underthrown. If he puts that ball on him, he, he goes in for a touchdown, and pay, Patriots probably run away with it. So – He's got to work on that throw. Now, this is kind of a theme with him. His rookie year, the first few games, he was struggling to hit the deep ball, and then he kind of found it last year. he was I mean, it was they're throwing a ton of deep balls, so he was hitting on some, but you saw it kind of progress over the year. So I wonder if it's a rhythm thing. Maybe he gets it down a little bit later. He does need to get it down, but I, I don't think he was bad by any means. Uh, you know, he's just kind of along for the ride, which is sort of what you expected in a game like that. Uh, you know, he wasn't good. He wasn't bad. He just sort of just was there it's in the passenger yeah. seat yep but um yeah the, they gotta figure out even if they could just hit like one or two of those deep passes a game that would really do a, a yeah. big thing for their offense and helping them move the ball but uh the offensive line plays a big part in that letting that you know kind of lawn stuff develop we had a switch with Fedarian Fedarian low at right tackle over calvin anderson uh, Trent Brown was awesome yesterday. They left him one-on-one -on -one a lot, and I don't think he gave up a pressure on PFF. David Andrews was also really good. Cole Strange, he left in the third or fourth quarter. He, he hurt his knee, it looked like, but um, he, he had some trouble with Quinn and Williams, as you'd expect. But uh, what did you kind of take away from that kind of new look and healthy offensive line against the Jets? Yeah, it still wasn't great. I, I didn't, you know, I, I said I thought they passed protected okay. This was another one where they were calling around the offensive line a lot. You know, it looked better than it was because they were calling plays that made it look better. There were times where if you're running more advanced route patterns, which they need to get to, Mac probably gets pressured. He just didn't because he got the ball out quick, things like that. So I Cole Strange gets benched against against the Jets again. I I they, they said it was a knee. I don't know. I, I didn't see him necessarily get any banged up, and he was having trouble. He was having a lot of trouble before that. So maybe his knee flared up, but like I don't think it was he got hurt. He got pulled out of that game. Maybe it's because his knee injury from the summer was bothering him, but he gets pulled against the Jets again. Um, I, I Trent Brown was great outside of him. Yeah, it's still very much a work in progress. It still looks like something they're going to have to work around. So they were, when Strange went out, they were like, looking at him on the sideline and he was going through like agility drills and taking like pass sets. And I think it was his, his other, I forget which knee he hurt in the training camp, but I think it was his other knee actually. So maybe okay. that looked like there actually was something there. I didn't see a play or anything that he hurt it, but it looked like there might've actually been something there, but yeah, Trent, Trent was really, really good at left tackle. Um, are you, are you a fan of low over Calvin Anderson here? Do you think that's going to be their path going forward? I, I they'll give him a shot. You know, I, I, the expectations for him are low because he just got no pun intended because he just got here. And this is not to say he's a bad player. It's just, he's really an unknown. He's barely played in the NFL. He's barely been in this system. He needs to be better than he's been. Like, I don't know. I was talking to somebody about this earlier. The expectation of them having a good right tackle I think just for what the roster is, maybe too high. That's just the reality of where we are. That sucks. 
but that's just a reality. They just need somebody that's not going to be a disaster. And can Lowe be that? I think he can be. Uh, I, you go into the offseason, I, I don't think that he's like a long-term answer, but he's definitely better than Calvin Anderson, which at this point is something. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He, he struggled at times against that just me, dirty rotation of, of Jets edge rushers, but I thought he was decent in the run game. So, yeah, maybe he's just that – fine piece at right tackle that you could work around if the rest of your four are healthy and performing well. But that, that was another thing I wanted to give uh, Bill O'Brien credit for. And I don't know if this is just how it sh- shook out, but Quinnen Williams got hurt for like two plays. And the second that he went out is when they dialed up that, that play action shot to Farrell Brown. Maybe, you know, Jets lose their best interior rusher. Maybe we can let this play develop a little more and they take their take their shot there with Quinn and Williams out of the game and, and it worked out big for them. Lone touchdown of the game. So that, that was another thing I had note just for praise Bill O'Brien there. If that was by design and that kind of 13 personnel look, but uh, any, anything else you had offensively, I believe? hit most of it there. yeah this is kind of a minor thing and i, I wrote about this yesterday on 985thesportshub.com you're still not seeing the running back whether it's zeke whether it's ramondre as involved as a pass catcher i think they've both been good in pass pro mm-hmm. but if they're going to have to dial up a lot of these quick plays you want the running back to be involved as a pass catcher at some point i'd like to see ty montgomery get some looks yep. in the backfield get the ball thrown to him and i'm not saying he has to dominate the usage but Give him a drive or two or give him a couple third downs or something. I I, I think you got to give him a look at this point in that role because if they can get some, I'm not saying he needs to be James White, but if they can get something from that role in the pass catching game, I think will help them out quite a bit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say because that's the role he had in, in training camp. And we all right. sit there, look at him, make play after play after play and say, oh, we got their, their pass catching back here and, you know, Mondre had that big third down drop where if he catches that out of the backfield and turn. Yeah, I bet you can guess when I came up with this take. Yeah, <laughs> that exact play. If he catches that and turns, it's probably like 30, 35, 40 yards, but he drops it and they have to punt. So I'd like to see Montgomery in that role. Again, it's always about health with him, but he's healthy right now. He's on the active roster. So why not, you know, give that shot because he's performed there. Uh, in training camp in that role. So maybe that's something that they tinker with moving forward. They'll probably will need some points against Dallas this week. So maybe that's a, a look they kind of pull out of their bag for, for, for this game. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call one 800 
GAM1234. What if there was an app that used AI and machine learning to suggest smart sports bets? Well, there is, and it's called Odds Are. It's the mobile app you need to know what bets of the day are the smart ones. Download the app, sign up for an account, and let the latest data analysis guide you through today's point spreads, money lines, and over-unders. If you see green, it's a smart bet. If you see yellow, you're on your own. And if you see red, don't do it. Odds are doesn't take your bets, it just makes you better at them. With Odds are on your mobile phone, you are one tap away from making a smart play. It's smart betting made simple. Find the Odds are app in the App Store or on Google Play, and you get a two-week free trial, and then it's just 10 bucks a month after that casinos and sports books want you to bet odds are wants you to win so make sure you go get it patriots press pass listeners actually have a special deal too you get a 30-day free trial of the app all free go to oddsr.com slash press pass to download the app that's oddsr.com slash press pass 30 days of smart betting free we'd call that a winning bet all right so it's uh Reoccurring theme defensively, but I think we always just have to start with Christian Gonzalez because another elite wide receiver going against another just awesome performance. He shadowed Garrett Wilson roughly 50% of the time, gave up three catches. I think two of those were like quick little screen passes, though, and he just continues to pass every test with flying colors, just living in his hip pocket basically throughout the game, making things really difficult. I get it, Zach Wilson, but watching him just just cover these elite receivers, it's just it's easy for him. And he had that other like pass breakup against Alan Lazard in, in tight coverage. So he just continues to be awesome just to start the year. There's a real argument to be made, Brian, if you think about it, that this was his easiest test of the year. We're talking about Gonzalez. And Easiest doesn't mean easy. Garrett Wilson's a good player, a good receiver. But A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, you're talking about an all-pro and maybe the best receiver in the league, definitely top three. And he handled it, and he was great. So, yeah, they've hit on this guy. And now, I kind of talked about it before. You come into the season with plans, and then you develop them as you go. You don't stick with the same outline throughout the season. Now is when I think you have to look at it and say – this guy's going to be able to take away receivers. We're not going to need to help this guy. Let's kind of really get weird here on the other side and do some complex things and force the hand of teams to go away from their number one receiver. This is what they used to do. Stephon Gilmore, Darrell Rivas, Akeem Tlaib, Ty Law. This is Bill Belichick's defenses at their best. When you have that real shutdown corner, and I don't think it's a coincidence Bill Belichick compared Christian Gonzalez's approach to Stephon Gilmore earlier this morning. Let's see what they do with it. But Gonzalez is passing all the tests. He looks like the real deal. And if they can build on it, this defense is only going to get better. It's going to be really interesting when he gets to line up against Stephon Diggs. Yeah, it's going to be the real test. Because that's like, if they can get in ahead of ourselves here with Buffalo in a few weeks, but if they, like, Stephon Diggs has always been kind of the thorn in their side there. If they can get him to shut down Stephon Diggs, they might have a, a fighting chance against that offense. But, yeah, uh, he he was just awesome. And as you said, it, it is like it was easy for him out there. There was that one, like, down the one Jets drive where they actually moved the ball and scored the touchdown. They tried to, like, target Wilson on back-to-back plays and that first kind of whip route. He he was just all over. And then I saw he was just, like, la- like talking to Garrett Wilson after and just laughing about it. So, 
he was awesome. And uh, as Danny points out, Gonzo, Defensive Rookie of the Year, he moved up to third single, uh, lone third place odds over on FanDuel at plus 750 for Defensive Rookie of the Year behind only Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. So climbing those boards. But Christian Gonzalez has been awesome. Early on, and that depleted secondary, I thought Miles Bryant also had a, a really good game. Uh, he did have that pass interference penalty, but Bill singled out some of his, his plays, plays that you might not have seen you know, in the TV copy where he takes away Zach Wilson's first read and forces him a throwaway, forces him to go elsewhere. So I thought Bryant had, a, had another nice, nice game here, playing on the outside again mostly. Yeah, it's a tough matchup for him. On, on Alan Lazard, and I thought he handled it well. So that's a good sign because they might need that. I guess we'll see when John Jones comes back. But it sounds like Jack Jones, Marcus Jones are, are I mean, they're going to be out, sounds like, at least through Halloween. So uh, good good sign to see that kind of performance from Miles Bryant. I guess yeah. I, I think Alan Lazard's a little overrated. I do, but yeah. I don't think he's a bad receiver by any means. I think he's a solid number two receiver. So Miles Bryant, especially just the body types, that big physical receiver for a guy like Miles Bryant to be able to hang with him is encouraging. I don't know how repeatable it is, but if it's something he can do, it, it'd be a game changer. It's not like he's a speed receiver, which maybe against, if you have him on Brandon Cooks next week in Dallas, that could be... that. Like, yeah, that's going to be a little scary if they have to do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he looked he, he looked uh, pretty good yesterday. But I thought like it, it all started ta- like holding the Jets. It all starts with limiting their run game, and they were really good at that. A lot of that you know, base three, four defense and Jennings activated has a big role right off the bat. Uh, he, he had a really good game and they did lose some, some bodies though. Daniel Aquale and Devon Godshaw went out back to back plays. So we'll see their status, but the run defense w- was really good. I think the jets were at 1.7 average per rush. And if you take that away and make Zach Wilson beat you, you saw what happened there. So after a maybe not so great performance in the run game against Miami, it was a nice kind of bounce back for Juwan Bentley and some of those guys up front and getting Anthony Jennings in there was a big boost for that unit too. They were good early. They, and, and like, not surprisingly, when Devon Gauch on Daniel Quali, their two defensive tackles get hurt, they struggled. And that's when the Jets really started just kind of pounding the ball. Then the Patriots have to start putting more guys in the box and the Jets start throwing it. They, we, we talked about this back in the summer, Ryan. They don't have a ton of depth in terms of run-stopping defensive tackles. They have Barmore. He's more of a passing-down guy. Sam Roberts can play inside. Keon White can play inside. Lawrence Guy can play inside, but those guys are better on the edge. They don't really have another nose tackle. Maybe it's Jeremiah Farms on the practice squad, but I don't really know where he's at in terms of NFL readiness. Uh, this is something to watch now. If if Godshaw and Equality, but especially Godshaw, are going to miss time, I look at uh, Carl Davis is on the Seahawks practice squad. If they can open up a roster spot somehow, whether it's somebody going on IR, maybe they cut somebody, I would call Carl Davis. Because yep. they're going to need interior help against the run. They need a nose tackle, especially if those guys are going to make time, miss time. So that's something I'd watch. I know some people are probably wondering about Marquand McCall as well, who they tried to sign be big to have him right now. Uh, I'm going to guess if he failed a physical back in, what was that, like two, three weeks ago? No, it was more uh, than that. No, it was probably like a month and a half ago. Yeah, that uh, was like right before roster cuts? Or? Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I would assume if he failed the physical so badly that they didn't even keep him in IRM, they just said no thank you. 
Uh, I'm yeah. gonna guess that he's not in condition to play now. But Carl Davis is. I, I would make that call. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna bring up Mar- uh, McCall there, but probably pr- probably might not be ready just a month after that. So we'll, we'll kind of see there. But yeah, they did start. I mean, the Jets had that one drive where they just. I think they ran it like six, seven, eight straight plays, and they got some some push there. And then once they started like passing the ball on first down and running the ball on second down, they they found some success. So I thought it was you know a better performance than Miami. Obviously, you held them to thirty something yards on, on twenty carries, but there was there was some push there late from the Jets. But uh, big thing, the other big thing was once you stop the run, you get Zach Wilson under pressure, and he was under pressure on forty-seven and a half percent of his dropbacks. Part of that was because he was holding the ball over three seconds and running for his life back there, trying to read a defense. But uh, Christian Barmore had a really big game, seven pressures. Judon Uche had five apiece, and just kind of the book on Zach Wilson, right? Send all these different pressures at him up front. Can, mix things up on the back end and he, he's not going to beat you because he's playing like he has zero confidence and just doesn't want to make a mistake right now. Bad quarterback, bad offensive line. They took advantage. I don't know how much weight we can put on it just because again, they're not, I, I said this on the, on the pregame show. I, it's not that I don't know if Zach Wilson's a, a starting caliber quarterback or not in the NFL. I don't know that Zach Wilson's an NFL caliber quarterback. Would you feel comfortable with him as your team's backup right now? I wouldn't. Um, no. He might be the worst starting player in all of pro sports. He really might. Uh, the offensive line isn't great either. They were down bodies. Honestly, the, the, the whatever it was, 87-yard drive is more concerning to me than anything. Can't let that happen. Can't let that happen. But I thought for the most part they did what they needed to do. They took care of business against Zach Wilson. That's really all you can ask uh, in a game like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – they played him so much. They had the book on him. You know what to do. And they went out and executed it, held him to 10 points. Obviously, that one drive was, you know, get back, look at that, correct some things there. But uh, that was that was pretty much uh, the, the defensive update there. I don't know any other. Uh, I had one thing for you. What do you think of Adrian Phillips just is not playing a lot of defense? And I know. Peppers is playing really good. Kyle Duggar's playing really good, but Phillips played six snaps yesterday, and I think that was his. Like it just keeps decreasing as we go on. So wh- why do you think it, there's just no Adrian Phillips in the defensive plan here? It's better players on the field, playing and similar. I think Adrian Phillips is a good player. It's a really deep safety room. I think there's there's better players on the field now. I'd like to see them give him more looks so they can move Jalen Mills out to corner. Probably asking for too much there, given this team's history, but. There's better players on the field. You know, Phillips is on the wrong side of 30. I don't remember exactly how old he is, but he's – I'm not saying he's completely fallen off, but his game's probably declined a little bit compared to it was last year. He has 31. Um, I think they just kind of – there's better options right now. And I don't think that means Phillips is a bad player, but I think there's better options. Yep, because they played – I mean, Duggar 100% of the snaps, Peppers 95% of the snaps. So that seems where they're going just with those guys. And someone said – is he keeping him on special teams? Yeah, he played 18 special team snaps, still serving as that kind of personal protector now with Cody Davis still on on the pup list. So that's yeah. been more of his role here with, with special teams focus. So uh, we can get to special teams unless you have any other defensive guys you wanted to highlight or anything else you saw in that game. 
I mean, you said Peppers was excellent. I I would just sort of reinforce that he was really good. Um, he had that one play where that one play where he blows up Randall the Cobb. Poor Randall Cobb just got blown up and ran through. That's an unreal play by him. So I, I just thought he was really good again. Yeah. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Too busy this fall to cook? Want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. Looking for calorie conscious options during the busy season? Try the delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around uh, less than 550 calories per serving. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash presspass50 and use code presspass50 to get 50% off. That's code presspass50 at factormeals.com slash presspass50 to get 50% off. Uh, last but not least, special teams. It was an eventful one, that's for sure. But um, Joe Cardona let me down, man. Two high snaps on, on two missed field goals. Uh, Ryland made from 48, missed from then 48 in that long 57 that we talked about at the end of the half. Both of the misses were, were kind of high snaps. Rain, wind, it, it was kind of just crappy there at MetLife. But then they trust him. Bill said he had a lot of mental toughness. Uh, good learning experience. He said the same thing. Ryland said the same thing after the game. Comes back, hits a big 48-yarder, which turns out to be – or 51-yarder, which turns out to be the game winner. Uh, if I can cash in my Chad Ryland game winner prediction from last week, <laughs> even though it wasn't like a buzzer beater, I'll still take it. But uh, they clean up that operation, right? Not what you expect from Joe Cardona, but you hope that's just because of the conditions. Yeah, I talked about this. I I don't think they did chat around right in this game. Uh, between the bad snaps, I kind of already broke down that sequence at the end of the first half. I thought he, there was, he didn't need to be attempting a 57-yard field goal there. I thought Bryce Berenger was really good, though. And I yeah. some people were asking why did he keep kicking the ball short. I think with the conditions, they didn't want to screw around with, like, kicking the ball inside the five. And, you know, the wind blows that here or there. You get a weird bounce. I think the plan was for him to kick it a certain way aiming for like the 15 and let it roll. And the reason I think that this isn't just, you know, rose colored glasses. If you go back and watch, he drops the ball nose down. Yeah. And di different angles that you drop the ball. Like you think of the punt being dropped, you're just dropping it like right laces straight up and it's, you know, parallel with the ground and all that. You can drop the ball at different angles for different kind of kicks. And that nose down kick, a lot of the time gets referred to as like um, the pitching wedge or the approach red wedge, right? Where you're just trying to put that thing straight up in the air, have it come straight down. And like, you, you don't want that ball. That's a very controlled, it's a low power, but very controlled kind of kick. I think that's what the plan was. It's not an easy kick to do when he did it multiple times. So I, I thought Beringer was really good yesterday. Yeah. He had four inside the 20 out of his eight and, 
I think it was conditions because even the longer ones, they were like these low kind of more line drives. So the, we talked to some of the assistant coaches tomorrow. So maybe that'd be a good question for Cam Acord, get a little more insight on that. But yeah, I thought it was another a good good game from him. He leads the league and punts inside the 20. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, he's been busy. He's been uh, passing the test early on and, I don't know. Can we get Chad Ryland a field goal like under 40 yards here? Like that'd be yeah. nice going forward, right? So uh, hopefully they get to move to a dome next week in Dallas. That that would be nice. Maybe cleaner operations all, all around there. And uh, we'll kind of see what that, that whole unit looks like. But uh, any any other last things you got? I think we pretty much hit on everything from that win. But um, things? I do think we should talk about uh you know the, the the big story in the nfl everybody's talking about you go on twitter you can't not see it and that's josh mcdaniels taking the field goal at the end of that game last <laughs> night what the hell was that oh josh that so uh i, I want to pull up the stat but I, the, so the, there's like some talk about how the raiders essentially can't fire Josh McDaniels. They don't have the money to do it right. They have to essentially hire another coach, which they can't afford to do. But, oh, man, was that game brutal last night against what is a not very good Steelers team. So here it is. Opta Stats had this. Um, I I forget who owns Opta, but Opta Stats. Since the two-point conversion was adapted in 1994, Brian. So this means basically since an eight-point game was a one-score game. Because two-point conversion came from the USFL. It was not always a thing. Since the two-point conversion was adopted, the Raiders are the only NFL team to attempt a field goal in the last three minutes of the fourth quarter when down by exactly eight points with less than five yards to go for either a first down or a touchdown. It, it, 29 years, it had never happened. He did it twice. <laughs> he did it twice. You get an all-time bailout call. On the and I'm not saying that like it was the right call, but like a stupid, stupid, stupid penalty from the Steelers. What even and was he the? Does it again? What was the technical term on that penalty? Was that just roughness or? Um, no, it's the one about. It's the one they put in basically, so you you can't, can't jump over. Jump over, but like you can't. The actual wording is like you can't brace yourself on the blockers, okay. and the guy puts his hand on the blockers yeah. back to kind of elevate himself. You can't do that, but. To all the people saying, oh, they needed two possessions anyway. This includes Josh himself. Oh, it was a two-possession game anyway. You needed a touchdown or field goal anyway. The difference is one of those possessions could have come in overtime. It wasn't a two-score game. You need, in that moment, you need to force overtime above all else. So I just thought that was absolute lunacy last night. I can't believe what that was. Yeah, and also now Jimmy Garoppolo, he got hurt twice in that game. He's hurt again. Patriots have the Raiders coming up in a few weeks, so that'll be an interesting situation to monitor. And Derek Carr hurt. Patriots play yep. them. Derek Carr got hurt. Too, so. And the Cowboys like... suddenly, well, vulnerable or angry, I guess it's glass half full, glass half empty, but that was not a game they should have lost. Yeah. You hope that's not like a big bounce back game from them here. I know they had a lot of injuries on their offensive line, so maybe I don't know how close those guys were, but that could be – a big factor there but yeah that that decision by josh was something and i'd say he'd be back in new england in a few weeks as an offensive analyst but i guess they can't afford to fire him so who, who knows what's going to happen there 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. He's just been, he's been something everywhere, but new England. That's, yeah, that's something. But, uh, I think that'll do it from us today. Alex and I will be back on Thursday, I believe to preview that Patriots at Cowboys week four game as the Patriots look to improve to two and two. But until then, you can follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth and go to 985thesportshub.com to read all his coverage from yesterday's Patriots game. And you can follow me on Twitter at IamBrianHines and go to PatsPulpit.com to read all my coverage from yesterday's victory. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in, and we will see you guys later this week.